What's up, my fellow hustlepreneurs out there? Welcome to the Hustlepreneur Life Podcast, Episode Seven. On today's podcast, I actually have somewhat of a, a mentor of mine. Uh, you know, I've tried to kind of keep touch. We paid attention to each other on social media uh, for the last um, you know ten years or so. But Robert Montalvo, he's from my hometown, Lansing, Michigan. Uh, for him, he's been into clothing and fashion pretty much. Uh, for most of his life and that's kind of where I got some of my passion uh, to start a clothing line and I've mentioned him a couple times in some podcasts before but um, you know he had Raza clothing then he actually worked uh, with Mecca Echo G unit Um, he was a sales rep and and, uh, you know he started his own clothing lines and now he has Unsalted Coast which has been killing it in the resort kind of uh, northern Michigan Midwest area Um, really grown a successful business but He's got a long journey uh, of how he's gotten to this point now in his 40s. And so um, it, it's going to be a great episode. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, so here we go. Let's bring Rob on. Hey, Rob. How's, Dylan? How's it going? How you doing? Good. How about Good. yourself? Good. Not bad. Not I'm, bad. I'm definitely happy to have you on. Um, I think I, I've actually mentioned your name in a couple of my podcasts already um, just because uh, when I start talking about just the clothing and Uh, everything uh, to do with kind of what I've done with Royal Legacy and a couple of other clothing lines. I always give the kudos to you just kind of as being like a role model for me um, when it comes to kind of like fashion and clothing and kind of getting inspired to start my own clothing line. So um, I'm definitely happy to to have you on and kind of uh, pretty much let people know who you are and, and why I talk about you so much and kind of what you've accomplished over kind of your lifespan when it comes to fashion and clothing. Wow, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, no problem, man. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Uh, I remember, um, you know, the time when you were. I think you were in high school or just uh, right after high school. Mm-hmm. You know, all, the, you know, just conversations when we'd see each other, just yeah. all the questions. Um, but I was always happy to help. That's something that you know um, I always believe in is giving back as much as you can. Um, you know, when you give back, it comes back around to you. So. I'm a firm believer in that, but man, you come a long ways too, though. So I'm I'm proud of you, man. No, I appreciate that. Like you said, I mean, it's been about I guess almost I, I guess this was almost be like a 10 year anniversary type deal. It's almost been pretty much exactly 10 years since, like you said, high school and stuff like that. So we're we're hitting that 10 year mark of like knowing each other and like you said, me trying this, going down this path of just I guess growth and um, yeah, I I think it would be cool, like I said, for people to kind of get to know you. So kind of give a little background on, I guess you can, so yeah, when I was in high school, like I said, um, I got put on to Rob because um, I, I noticed a couple kids in school, a couple guys in school, Justin Bird and Ronnie McCoy and stuff, they were all dressing like with this this clothing. I'm like, man, that stuff is fresh, that's fly. Like, where are you getting this clothing from? And at first they, you know, they didn't want to give away the plug or give away who they were getting stuff from. <laughs> Yeah. And then finally, I guess I, I got to the point where they were like, okay, all right, we'll 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 tell you who. So um, they were like, hit up this guy, Rob. And then that's when I hit up you. And then, yeah, you had like this storage unit of like just what seemed like to me like just amazing clothing. You know, it was just like Artful Dodger and just I fell in love with Artful Dodger. That was kind of like the go to I went for every time I saw you. But explain, I guess, you know, on your end of it, like what was that? Like why, you know. What was the all journey? Or it's it's a it's a uh, it's a it's a pretty long. So explain journey, how you got up. So start with how you got up to that point of that storage unit full of those clothes that you were you were selling to us high schoolers. Okay, um, 
back in 1992, so it was a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I started, I was 19, um, just out of uh, college. Uh, well, actually, I was in college at the time and um, read an article in the Wall Street Journal, just happened to catch my attention that said that, you know, this guy was young, uh, college student was making money over uh, his summer vacation selling T-shirts um, uh, on Virginia Beach. And uh, he made enough money to go back to school and pay for uh, his college tuition. He didn't need his parents or, uh, you know, any help from uh, from his family. So uh, that just inspired me. And um, I came up with the idea back then. A lot of people might remember uh, it was Raza Clothing or Rasa Clothing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, and I targeted, uh, you know, the Hispanic American market, um, you know, 19, I didn't really know what I was doing at the time when it came to business. I tried, you know, mm-hmm. uh, got it off the ground, uh, ended up selling at uh, Latin festivals throughout the Midwest um, and then over into California as well. Um, so, you know, it was a, that was a learning experience to say the least. Um, fell on my face multiple times, didn't know what I was doing, um, but just kept getting back up and, and trying, you know, learning and um, teaching myself the industry. And then I had an opportunity. Um, I was in Chicago at a trade show and, um, you know, I was had a uh, 10 by 10 trade show booth that um, I, I showcased Rasa there. And, um, you know, it was one of those things where <laughs> you're not writing a lot of orders, but you're hoping for the best. So it was one of right. those, you know, rolling the dice. And um, lo and behold, I had a uh, uh, gentleman walk up to my booth that was the national sales manager. And his uh, uh, his partner was the president of uh, Mecca USA. Mm-hmm. So Mecca was a big brand uh, back in the day. They were just getting started. And uh, my pitch to him was I was trying to get him to uh, invest in in Rasa. And, uh, you know, he listened to me for about 10, 15 minutes. And then he stopped me and he said, hold on. He goes, "Uh, you know, kid, I don't know what the hell you're selling. (laughs) He said, but um, if I had a store, a retail store, he goes, I'd buy every effing thing in this booth just because of the passion you're showing, the energy that you have. And he's like... "Um, you know, I love it, but I don't have a store. And he goes, but I have something better for you. And I said, what's that? And he handed me his card and uh, he said, I'm the national sales manager for Mecca USA. This is uh, the president of the company. And um, he goes, you know, I'd like to offer you a, a position, a job. And I'm like, man, I don't know. You know, I don't want to do this because, you know, I have uh, I have a dream, you know, to to blow this whole rasa thing up and you know Mm -hmm. uh it's pretty wide open right now there was you know fubu was going on and uh you know i had this dream of of building this brand on a national level the problem was i didn't have the financing to put behind the brand to really give it a push as far as um you know marketing push you know getting uh products your your production uh, any of that stuff done. So I was still, you know, pretty new green to everything when it came to the manufacturing side of the business. And um, so I kind of passed up that position uh, at that moment. Mm-hmm. And he walked on and he said, well, I'll tell you what, before I leave, he goes, if you want to, uh, if you want this job, just give me a call. 
And he goes, but I, we are interviewing like nine other people. So, you know, I was like, yeah, okay, I'll think about it. And then this sales rep who was uh, in the booth next to me, he comes over and he goes, um, so what they want? And I go, well, that was Mecca. He goes, no, I know. Everybody knows of Mecca. It's like the hottest brand right now. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, they had Puffy wearing it. They, you know, Mace, Biggie. Biggie uh, was wearing the soccer jerseys and the football jerseys at the time. So it was like the big, the big right. brand. Um, so anyway, he, uh, he says, you know, what they want? I said, well, you know, I was trying to get them to finance my company. And he goes, all right. And I said, uh, but he ended up turning around and offered me a, a job. And he goes, doing what? I said, doing sales. Mm -hmm. He goes, for the Midwest? And I said, yeah. He goes, you took that job, right? And I <laughs> said, no, man, hell no. I said, I want to do my own thing, you know? And he goes, you are out of your mind if you don't go get that job. He said, that is like money on the table, like for you, that, that's a hot line. Do you know how much money you can make with that brand? And I go, no, I don't. Mm -hmm. He's like, uh, that's a six figure job right now, just with the, you know, the commission that you're going to get and the right. base salary. So, I was like, are you serious? And he goes, yeah, man. And I go, oh shit. So I left the booth mm -hmm. and I took off at the show looking all over for these guys. I finally caught up with them and you know, I'm like ran up to him. I said, hey man, I want this job. And he goes, oh, so now you want it? And I said, yeah. He goes, well, tell you what, he goes, you gotta go through the interview process. He goes, you got 15 minutes? And I said, I got all the time you need. Yeah. So he goes, let's sit down. So they set me down and they give me this interview. And you talk about like, <laughs> talk about um throwing some i don't want to say bs but it, it kind of was to, to you know i bullshit right. my way through the interview mm -hmm. to to get the opportunity so they're asking me all these questions about you know um retailers like the hottest retailers in uh chicago area throughout indianapolis milwaukee and uh just through the grapevine of talking to other uh uh sales reps that were at the show and other companies that were there, I heard all the hot names that were there, you know, with the stores, there was, you know, the, the Lark, uh, JB's, uh, there was uh, playmakers. There's just a lot of playmakers in Milwaukee is uh, different than the playmakers that we have around here. So mm -hmm. there was just a lot of, you know, retailers that they were, uh, that everybody was discussing, talking about, these are the guys that you want. These are the names. And so I didn't have no relationship with any of these guys. So he said, so how is your relationship with these guys? Yeah. And I said, um, I go, you know, I go, yeah, I go, you talking about Lenny from the Lark? And he goes, yeah. He goes, you know, Lenny? And I said, yeah, you know, I've called on him a few times with the brand. And he goes, have you sold him? I said, no, you know, you know, he passed on a few things. Mm -hmm. I said, I know um, Hassan from JBs. And so I'm just ripping all right. these names off. Name dropping. I know, you know, what I'm talking about, or I know these guys on a first name basis. So anyway, um, we finished the interview. Uh, I thought I was sweating bullets, but apparently they're like, man, that's pretty good. You know, like, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people here. So obviously it worked, you know, uh, <laughs> right. everything, all the information that I was giving them. And so anyway, they, uh, um, he said, I tell you what, he goes, give us a week or so and we'll, uh, we'll get back with you. So week went by and I don't know if a lot of people remember, I had a store in the Lansing mall, uh, here in Lansing, Michigan. And, um, you know, I, uh, <laughs> it was doing okay. Everything was fine. It's just that there's not, a, it wasn't a huge, um, what would you say a market for right, our exactly. brand? Yeah. Just our local, it was our, you know, this is our hometown. Right, so exactly. you know, we're doing what we can in our hometown. We didn't have the funding or the financing to go and 
you know, going to other areas. And at that point in my life, uh, I was, wasn't, you know, financially ready to, to spread out. And, you know, I had, uh, what year my was daughter, that? uh, that was 1994 or five, I think around 95, I think okay. it was, um, no, I take that back That's 1998. Okay. Um, so what happened was, uh, you know, I had, um, you know, my daughter, Aja, you know, she was on the way. So, mm -hmm. um, my wife at the time was pregnant and, um, you know, financially we weren't, uh, you know, where we would like to have been. So, you know, I'm, you know, sweating over a week, waiting for these guys to give me a shout and, uh, no phone call came through. So I was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to call these guys and see what, you know, if they're interested in me. So I give the president a call at the time and um, I said, hey, Tony, this is Robert. And he said, um, you know, I'm following up with the, with the interview. And he said, hey, Rob, you know, we were just talking about you. He goes, uh, um, we're narrowing this thing down. He goes, if you can give us a few days, he goes, we'll get back with you. And um, he said, uh, you know, we got, a, you know, a few more candidates that we want to talk to. I said, OK, cool. So I think it was like two or three days went by and all of a sudden I get this New York phone call that comes through. I could tell by the area code and I was like, Oh, this is it. Mm -hmm. So I pick up the phone and go, Hey man, I go, this is Rob. And he goes, uh, Hey Rob, this is Tony and, and, uh, Pete, we have you on speakerphone. Um, he said, listen, you know, we've narrowed it down and, you know, we want to extend this job opportunity to you. You know, we want you to do, uh, sales, have the sales rep position in, uh, the Midwest, and want to do we want you to do sales and marketing for us in the midwest area we're going to give you 13 states and i said i go okay you know and they said uh, but are you willing to move and i said where and they said we want to move you to chicago so i said um uh, i hadn't thought about it. i have a retail right. store here and so anyway a week later i was on a flight to new york um i accepted the position mm -hmm. and um I'm, you know, here I am, this guy from Lansing, you know, Michigan, it was blue collar town, right. you know, it's automobile, uh, automobile industry. And I'm on the 17th floor of this building overlooking Times Square in the fashion, you know, Mecca, <laughs> no pun intended, right. yeah. in the offices of Mecca USA. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm looking saying, wow, like I look out and I'm like, here I am in New York, have this, you know, just accepted this job. You know, they gave me a base salary. They gave me a commission. I had insurance. They gave me a car. They gave me, you know, mm -hmm. it was just the whole package. And, right. you know, I'm young, so it was exciting, you know, because I'm like, okay. How um, old were you? you know, I, what, at that time, I was in my, I think, early 20s or mid-20s, okay. somewhere. Around there. Okay. And uh, mid-20s. And so I, uh, <laughs> here I am, you know, I, I like to tell people, that um and i think i told you this we've talked about this where at that time i i accepted the fact that i wasn't going to do rasa i was going to put that on hold and you know dive in because one of the sales pitches that they gave me was i tell you what we know you're trying to do your own thing with your own brand but if you give us at least two to three years either there's two things that can happen number one you're going to make a lot of money number two um, you're going to meet a lot of people in the industry that you're going to learn retailers names on a first name basis. Mm -hmm. So they said, you know, you'll, you'll learn or you'll get to know at least six to 700 people on a first name basis that are retail stores 
that you'll be able to market your brand to. Right. So that was like, so I took, you know, I tell people I took five steps back at that moment to move 10 steps forward. It was a sacrifice, mm -hmm. you know, I had this dream of doing my own thing, but financially, I, you know, we weren't ready at that time. You know, we, we were, you know, doing festivals and making money and, you know, doing that stuff. But it wasn't like at that time you had to have a lot of money to do marketing. Remember, there was no there was no uh, websites or right. anything like that. At that time, everything was grassroots marketing. So it was, you know, what they call guerrilla marketing where you get out mm -hmm. in the streets. And, you know, that's how I built Rasa was duffel bags, hats, tees, you know, in duffel bags until the point to where we kept flipping the money, making money to, you know, where we were doing festivals. But so anyway, I, uh, um, those five steps backwards to move 10 steps forward paid off because uh, it taught me a lot about the industry. Um, you know, I, they were right. I was, you know, learning uh, or I was meeting a lot of people, uh, getting to know people on a first name basis. And um, I actually finally met, you know, Lenny from the Lark and yeah. <laughs> all the yeah. people that I was, that I made up that I, you know, I knew, but um, I finally got to, to work with these guys. And um, so that experience with, with Mecca was an eye opening, you know, experience for me because I got a chance to learn the industry, um, you know, meet a lot of people, you know, do trade shows. Um, it was just, it was pretty, pretty wild because that was at the height of, you know, the hip hop uh, era where music was on fire, fashion was on fire and the energy being around that was, was, was awesome. So um, I did that for, I worked with Mecca for about three years. I was living in Chicago and um, uh, I ended up um, deciding that I didn't, I wanted to be an independent sales rep because mm -hmm. I wanted to make more money. I wanted to be my own boss, um, wanted to get back to doing my own thing, you know? So if I was independent sales rep for them, I just work off commission. So I did that and I, uh, you know, worked off commission. I built my name up in the industry to where retailers were actually, uh, if they were calling some of the better accounts in, you know, Chicago or Detroit area, my name was getting passed around to other brands. And, um, so I had other opportunities to work with, um, you know, I'm, who's one of them, uh, Echo Unlimited. I don't know if everybody yeah, remembers yeah. Echo from back yeah. in the day. Um, I had a chance to work with Echo. I got a um, phone call from uh, Seth, uh, who was the co-owner with Mark Echo at the time. They flew me to New York and they said, listen, you know, we hear your name's coming up quite a bit. You know, we, we're looking for a good sales rep that can help launch this new um project that we're doing and i said well what's the project and he said um do you know 50 cent and i said <laughs> yeah of course i know 50 cent and they said well we just acquired the license for g unit and we want to launch g unit throughout the midwest mm -hmm. and uh, we would like your help to to build that so i ended up working with uh, uh i ended up accepting the, the position with them and started working uh, to pioneer the G unit clothing line in the Midwest. So did that for a couple of years. Again, my name got out there and then I get this phone call from uh, this company that's just launching their new brand and it's called Artful Dodger. I had no clue what it was. Um, all I knew was uh, the head designer for Sean John left 
Sean John, and he started this new brand called Artful Dodger. Mm-hmm. So we were at the Magic Trade Show. I was working with two other companies, um, you know, because at the time I was independent. So I'm bouncing around between these brands, helping build, uh, you know, their their market presence in the Midwest. And uh, uh, so I, they invite me over to their booth. I didn't accept the job over the phone. I said, well, I want to see your product first before I decide to take this position on and um, so I walk up to the booth. It's like this, you know, old English pub. Very cool. And um, so what happened was uh, they laid the product out, the presentation, awesome stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was new to what was going on in the market. They were embroidering all over the back yeah. of the denim. I don't know if you guys remember that. You know, it's you guys literally my favorite. It's my favorite clothing brand ever. To this day, yeah, it, like Artful Dodger, I, I loved it. I still have a couple pieces in my closet. I can't get rid of. I still have mine in my library. I reference yeah. them all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, was, you know, it was just unique and it was new. It was something that um, I hadn't seen before. So, uh, you know, they were doing all over embroidered sweatshirts. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were the uh, the pioneer of that that time of doing all the all over stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, obviously, I took that position and. Um, Worked with them for a year, and we built that company to be a thirteen million. We did thirteen million dollars in sales um, in less than a year. Mm-hmm. So it was just a hot thing. So we were out selling, and um, we get the phone call. I get a phone call from the national sales manager for the company, and she says, um, "Looks like we're going to be bought out. Uh, we got a, uh, a company that's going to come in. They want to buy the brand." And I go, "Well, who is it?" And she said. Um, you familiar with Rockaware? And I said, of course. And she said, well, Jay-Z wants to buy this brand. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, whoa, really? Like, you know, so obviously we're, you know, we're doing, we're making some noise because right. at that time we were putting, we were, you know, we were starting to grab market share from a lot of the bigger brands from Sean John, Fat Farm and Nietzsche and um, making some noise. So what happened was, you know, Jay came in and said, you know, I want to buy this brand. So he bought it and, um, uh, a few of the sales reps went forward and worked with Artful Dodger. I was one of them. And so I had a chance to work with, um, you know, uh, Jay-Z. So it was, yeah. a, it was a, that was pretty cool uh, uh-huh. situation. So worked with those guys for maybe two or three years. And then um, I ended up um, moving. I started and moved back to, well, I was already back in, in Michigan at the time. And, um, so with every good thing, you know, it always goes up and it comes down. Mm -hmm. So what happened was once they sold to Jay-Z and, you know, uh, Rockaware, it, what happened is the brand, you know, started, they wanted to expand very quickly and you can't do that. You know, you just gotta be slow. It's a slow growth when you're building a brand, but they wanted to go from, you know, a $14 million company to a $50 million company overnight. Mm -hmm. And it just didn't. You know, it, it didn't work. And so we were selling everybody like, you know, we were the, the key to our success with Artful Dodger was we were selling these small, uh, we we're selling um, brick and mortar pop mom and pop shops that were helping build the name and the brand. And then all right. of a sudden you go from that and you start selling all of these major, you know, retail stores and big chain stores. Well, it gets watered down because now everybody's fighting over pricing and people are upset because, the small retailer that's, you know, doing very well with it, who helped build your brand, mm-hmm. you know, now they're suffering because 
these the big retail stores, the big you know Macy's and Dillard's and all these big stores are carrying your uh, your your name and your brand, and um, it ends up you know hurting the brand because they're able to price the the product at a much lower uh, price, and so that started going down. And that's when, um, at that time though, is when I met you guys, that's when you right. came to my storage yeah. and, um, I used, used to sell all my samples off to, you know, people that come over and want it, but you had to be a size medium. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think it was a large actually. I think it was, it happened was it to be a large. large. Yeah. Okay. It happened to be a large. Cause I remember I was still pretty, I was kind of small. So like even a large sometimes was a little too big for me, but like it, it fit pretty good for those time frames when we were wearing things a little bit baggier than we do now. Yeah, but yeah. So I had explain, a, I had a, well, explain that a little bit. So, like, what are the sample pieces? Like, why why were you able to do that? Like, how how does that you, your position as far as sales with that industry? Like, how does that work? Um, well, you know, when you're working with brands, multiple brands like that, and you have all they give you sample lines. So you take the sample lines, and you have to pay for the samples. So, um, and they'll normally charge, you know. Uh, the sales rep or the agency that's selling the brand for them, they'll give it to them at a discounted rate at like 50% off the wholesale price. And mm -hmm. so, you know, it's really, you know, cheap. So I used to buy all the samples and, you know, I had a whole group like you and, right, right. you know, all the boys would come over and, you know, you guys would buy all my samples up. Mm -hmm. So um, I'd be a fool not to do that because it's just extra money that you made on the side. So right. have all those samples. So, not only are you know you're making your normal income, but this is that was just a cash business. So yeah. when you guys came in, it was like you you know you'd sell a thousand dollars here, a thousand. Mm -hmm. So you guys were hitting me up like every once a week. Oh like, man, it was a it was the plug for sure because it was like you got addicted because it was such quality like Arful Dodger, like you said, the quality of that clothing, and then all I mean you had other stuff all over in the bins too. Um, and yeah, I mean, I just remember like the quality of the clothing was unmatched. I mean, and then the price, obviously, because it was sample pieces, you were selling them to us. I mean, some of the price tags obviously were uh, MSRPs, but like there would be like a, a sheep lambskin leather jacket that says like 300 bucks and you were selling it to us for like 60, 70 bucks. You know, it's just like, yeah, it was like, you can't beat it. You guys, yeah, you guys definitely had the... Uh... You, know, you you definitely had the plug on getting some of the hot it was a hot brand at oh the yeah time, so. i remember like one year in high school i think i was like best dressed or something i won like the best dress <laughs> in high school and it's like because i was rocking all the stuff i was buying from you yeah i had um uh you know it's funny because you know being in the area uh draymond green just through the barber shops that we went to draymond wanted to come over and you know he wanted to buy some stuff and get mm -hmm. some stuff from him and um, I was like, dude, I go, you bro, you're like six, eight, yeah. six, nine. <laughs> you're not going to fit a large, but just let me see if I can squeeze into it. I'm like, no, nah, dude, it ain't going to work. But he said, you know, he came over, tried a bunch of stuff on and, but I, what I did is I ended up ordering some stuff, you know, oh, that nice, was yeah. large for him. And, you know, so he was able to get into some stuff, but mm -hmm. yeah, it was cool. Like I, you know, um, I helped, uh, get Lupe Fiasco into, uh, Artful Dodger. That was when Lupe was working with kanye at the very beginning so mm -hmm. um you know being a part of this industry and and working with you know some of these big brands like that um you get a chance to obviously meet a lot of people that right. are in the music fashion mm -hmm. film whatever it may be so i'm in um you know i'm in a studio with lupe fiasco and he's he's working on you know the whole 
his food and liquor, you know, album. It's pretty yeah. cool. So you're part of that, watching the whole process. And that was just all because um, uh, it was, you know, Artful Dodger. He wanted to wear Artful Dodger while he was in the, uh, you know, uh, on tour. Mm -hmm. So being a part of that and, you know, having, uh, getting a chance to see all this stuff was, was pretty cool. It was, it was you know, experience, uh, to say the least. So, so where was yeah, that transition so from that? Like, how did you, so kind of after that, that was, again, like I said, uh, that was about, I mean, it would have been 10, 12 years ago when we were in high yeah. school, kind of doing that when you were with Arful Dodger. And I remember you had your own warehouse too, at one point yep. over on like Hosmer, Hosmer Street or something. Yeah. yeah. So kind of explain yeah. what was that transition time period? Where were you at? Um, with that, it was, you know, again, everything goes up, comes down. So, mm -hmm. you know, you just got to, you know, um, as an entrepreneur, you got to be ready for, you know, all those, uh, the ups and downs, you know, and kind of ride it out. So um, at that time, um, you were you in your 30s. Yeah, I was somewhere in my 30s at the time. Mm -hmm. And um, so I just uh, I wanted to do my own thing at, at that time. I, you know, I wanted to get back into doing Brasa and, you know, mm -hmm. or something else that, you know, I've already you know, I know all these retailers on a first name basis. I, um, you know, I have a lot of really good relationships um, and, you know, relationships with investors now, you know, people yeah. that financially, you know, can help build something, you know, along with yourself. So I'm looking for, you know, partners now that um, uh, are going to help me launch a new brand. So uh, I think around that time, um, I, I came up with this concept, this idea for, I don't know, some people might remember it. It was short-lived. It was called Fugly McGillicuddy. Yeah. It was, I was using, um, uh, well, I was, I, actually, I was in Big B looking, uh, I was getting something to drink at Big B coffee shops. And uh, on the wall, they had these napkins that mm -hmm. had all these crazy doodles. And every, if anybody knows, if they're in, you know, our hometown, um, it's an artist named by the name of Dennis Preston, who does these crazy caricatures of, um, all these monster, monstrous looking people. Right. And, um, and it's a spin. It just, it's kind of funny, you know? And mm -hmm. so, uh, I had a, uh, opportunity with, there's a company, uh, called J America that's, uh, located in Weberville. They're a large, uh, licensing company that they yeah. do collegiate licenses. Um, they do resort where, um, and I had a chance to uh, meet the owner, uh, the CEO of the company, and um, I pitched him. I pitched him on these napkins, um, this brand. And I, you know, it's so funny because if you know you're driving in the area and out in the East Lansing area, you see all these you know political signs that are going up of people that are running for you know mm -hmm. uh, Congress and Senate and all this. And um, I just happened to see this name on a billboard that was called. Uh, her name was Susan McGillicuddy uh -huh. and I was, some people might know her or whatever, but uh -huh. I, the last name was kind of cool to me is, and right. it is stuck. And when I saw these napkins, the first thing I could think of was that they were effing ugly, like fugly, right. you know? Yeah, yeah. So I was looking for an idea to pitch um, to, you know, the J America people. And uh, I came up with this whole story in my head that, okay, I'm going to come up with this idea of there's this young guy that in, it has nothing to do with anybody, but I had to figure out a storyline that could sell this thing. Right. So 
um, I came up with this idea that there was this young guy that, you know, um, he was in middle school and he'd come home after school every day. This is the whole creative process that goes through your head, you know, as you're trying to come up with this stuff. So mm-hmm. um, the storyline was there's this young guy who's in middle school. He gets uh, teased all the time because he's not a very attractive guy, right. you know. Um, so he comes home every day locks himself up in the room and he draws all of these crazy pictures of um, monstrous looking people so he can fit in his own world. Mm -hmm. And because he's fugly, you know what I mean? And he wants other fugly people around him. Mm -hmm. So as I'm driving and I got all this stuff going through my head, I see that Susan McGillicuddy. So I came up with fugly McGillicuddy Mm -hmm. as this. So I said, I got it. This is it. You know, I'm going to use graphics and I'm going to, you know, hire Dennis as an independent contractor to draw, you know, these ideas that I have and I'll put it on, you know, clothing and I'll go mm-hmm. out and sell it. So I sat down with uh, J America, with the you know, people from J America and uh, I pitched the idea and, you know, they're like, you know what, this is awesome. You know, we want to be a part of this, even though we're in licensing, we, you know, we do collegiate sports where, you know, maybe we can start a division that's more for the uh, streetwear market, mm-hmm. you know, uh, skate, surf, all that. So uh, we ended up striking a deal. We did a deal. I did a deal with those guys. They financed it. Um, I ended up going out. Now I got you know, relationships with sales reps now that are now my friends. Um, call on at least five or six of them throughout, you know, the U.S. Um, get samples, get it in their hands. We go out and sell. We sold Dr. J's. Uh, at mm-hmm. the time, it was a big store in New York. Oh, yeah. We had a lot mm-hmm. small independent retailers that were selling it. But, um, you know, building a brand is a slow growth. It's never it's never anything that, you know, a lot of people, they see it and they think that it's an overnight thing that happens. And then building a brand is normally, you know, it's a five to 10 year process to really get your name out there and going. So that's the, you know, it's just, it's tough. So you know, we're, we're doing well, we're making sales, we got things going for Fugly. Um, you know, I'm, it, it, you start getting to the point to where, okay, now how many of these, you know, monstrous people can, you know, you make. And so I kind of flipped the script a little bit and I started doing, had Dennis drawing rappers. Right, so yeah. we were with Khalifa, we were doing Lil Wayne, we were doing Rick Ross. And, and so he was doing all these crazy looking, you know, mm-hmm. uh, images of these rap artists and so that's when it really kind of started you yeah, know i had the baby wayne i remember i had the baby wayne one i had yeah. the baby wayne crew neck i think the rick ross yeah i had those ones yeah and um so with that thing you know uh things were, were doing well but you know when you're working with a company that's used to taking licenses putting them on on product and then selling them quickly that's not what right. we're doing with Fugly. Fugly's slow. So, you know, um, Jay America wanted to see us go from, you know, doing a million dollars to we would like you to be at four million next year. And I'm like, whoa, like it just doesn't happen that fast, mm-hmm. you know? So that's the way I'm seeing it. And so you have two different things going on here. You have, you know, a licensing company and you have, you know, myself over here that is building a brand that knows the process. It takes a while unless you got a lot of marketing dollars to put behind it. Um, it's going to, it's going to be a slow growth. And so, you know, we ended up coming to a, uh, a solution where, um, 
I said, hey, listen, I tell you what, I think right now is the best time for us to walk away, wipe our hands from this. And, you know, so we can maintain a good relationship with each other. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, so we did. And I remained really good friends with, uh, you know, Pete, the one of the CEOs of uh, J America. And um, this is when Nate Burleson uh, was around. He was, you know, I was doing product placement with Nate Burleson, who, um, I mean, a lot of people may know him now as being on, you know, Sunday uh, football. Right. You know, he's a commentator now with James Brown and, you know, um, mm -hmm. a lot of the, you know, uh, halftime shows, all that. And he has his own, he has his own show now called Good Morning Football on the NFL Network. Yeah. Uh, he was playing for the Detroit Lions. And I met him when he was a rookie playing at Minnesota. Um, I used to do product placement with him with Artful Dodger. So I was giving him, sending mm -hmm. him by the product so he would wear. So all my accounts in Minnesota, the Vikings players would go to their stores and buy their products. So right. it was a win-win situation for me. Well, um, he got traded. He ended up coming to uh, Lions. I get a phone call and he's like, hey, Rob, do you remember me? And I'm like, you know, who's this? And he goes, it's Nate, man, Nate Burleson. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> what's up, Nate? You know, like, yeah. and we'd only like never really met in person. So mm -hmm. Nate gives me a call. It's, and I'm going to go back because I want people to, you know, understand that um, when one door closes, another one always opens. Mm -hmm. You just have to like, you have to have faith, you know, in God and, and believe that, you know, um, you, on this roller coaster ride of being an entrepreneur or doing your own thing, like, it's, it's, um, it's, you know, you're, nothing is ever like you know it's it, it's a you're in a great position if it's constantly going up or even if right. it's a plateau and, you know you're with something for a long run in fashion industry everything changes and so um at this point um you know nate calls me up and he says listen i have uh, you know i got this idea that i want to do and i need your help and i said well what is it and he said well you know, me and a bunch of guys are, you know, on the team, we're hashtagging this lion blood, it's hashtag lion blood, because, you know, we're lions, but, you know, but not because we're Detroit lions, just right. because in order to get to the pinnacle of our sport, you have to be something extra, there's something extra in you, there's an extra fight to get to that point. So he said, we consider ourselves lions, like football players, you know, you know, basketball players, athletes, you know, you're a lion to get to that next level. Mm -hmm. You got to have it in you. So he's like, I want to do this brand called Lion Blood. And I don't really necessarily, it doesn't have to go, you know, we don't have to market it towards the Detroit Lions, but I want to market it for people that are entrepreneurs, the hustlers of the world, you know, um, people that, you know, are, um, they want to get to the next level in their industry. Right. And it's the same thing. So, you know, it parallels with an athlete. If you're an entrepreneur, you're a hustler, you're, you know, you, you're on the street, whatever you do, you still got to have something extra in you to get to that next level and right. what you're trying to do. So I thought the, I, he, I mean, he pitched it really well. He invited me out to dinner. I went out to Detroit. We sat now and he pitched this whole thing to me. And I was like, damn, this is, you know, I see what you're doing. I relate to it. I like mm -hmm. it. And um, so it was, it, it was just, uh, it was an opportunity that I was like, you know what, this is a, a great transition from, doing fugly and now you know i'm putting that you know moving forward you know moving forward with this brand called lion blood and so uh that was a you know um 
kind of a crazy beginning because, you know, I lay out a, you know, a strategy plan for um, starting lion blood as far as getting, you know, samples, what the cost is going to be on everything. And, um, you know, uh, my strategy of how I'm going to get this, build this brand. And uh, Nate has a financial advisor who calls me up and he's like, okay, I see, you know, you got this whole strategy laid out. Uh, you got a budget. He says, um, there's no way in hell I'm giving you this money to, okay. to you know, let Nate invest in this. He goes, you know, these football players, these athletes, because I have a bunch of them that are, you know, that I work with. And he goes, they get people coming to them all the time. And I said, well, you know, that's the difference between me and these guys is I didn't come to them. Nate right. called me up and said, Hey, you know, can you help me with this? Mm -hmm. And um, so he said, Rob, I just, you know, you know, I, I see it's a great plan. He goes, I just, I can't let Nate do this. Mm -hmm. And Nate's on the phone call with me. So as soon as I, I get off the phone, Nate calls me up and he's like, man, don't worry about it. You know, he's, you know, he looks out for me. This is what right. it's, a, what I hired him for. So he said, uh, you know, I'll figure something out. Mm -hmm. So he says, uh, meet me back in Detroit. You know, I'll, uh, you know, let's go have some you know food and, you know, we'll talk about this. And so um, we did. And, you know, we worked a, a deal out and I, you know, my thing was, I said, let, look, you know, I think you guys have something great here. Uh, obviously, you know, you don't want to put the dollars into it, you know, the way that I think that it needs, but, um, I'll show and prove you give me a month and mm -hmm. I'll go out and I'll get the sales. And if I get the sales that I, that I tell you that I'm going to hit, then I need you to trust me from here on out. And, it's crazy because just in the Detroit area alone, I, I think I went out in the next month, I wrote like between three to $400,000 in sales oh, just, yeah. just with local, you know, stores. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, 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 it also helps when you have, you know, Nate's behind it. And so um, when you can drop, you know, a name behind it and say, Hey, right. you know what, he's going to sit down with me in the meetings and, you know, I'm going to give you a presentation. So um, we did. And I, I, you know, I built, samples behind the line uh got samples went out gave presentations to the retail stores um worked out you know uh concepts of where i'm going to have nate um uh, come in and do autograph signings mm -hmm. for retailers and so it all worked and you know it was a fast growth you know and you know we were on that that verge of in this first year maybe we could do a million dollars in sales that's right. what we were, you know, projected or hoping to do and um, things are going well. And then, you know, we had the Ford field was going to allow us to be in the stadium selling there. We had retailers all throughout uh, the Detroit, Metro Detroit area. And um, Ford field decided to pull the plug because NFL came calling and they actually called Nate and said, Hey man, you don't have the license for the lions. And he said, well, it's not Detroit lions. It's right. lion Bowl. Uh -huh. So he said, uh, unfortunately, we're not going to, you know, you're going to have to retain the license for lion blood or for the colors. You cannot use our colors as well. So he was like, well, listen, and he goes, why wouldn't, you know, it was one of those things where, right. you know, what do you do now? Like we're stuck, like, cause now we're very limited on things that we can do. So they kind of tied our hands and um, we ended up, uh, you know, we figured it out. You know, we, um, we did some likenesses of Detroit, you know, um, we had, then I started going into doing more lion type stuff. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, that, that thing, um, uh, 
you know, it, it worked for a while and then Nate got hurt. He broke his arm. Yeah. You know, again, things came down and, um, you know, you have to adapt. And so I was trying to remarket it towards um, CrossFitters and, you know, people that are into, um, you know, physical activity uh-huh. that want to gym working out. And uh, it was just, it was tough, you know, because, you know, it's, it, you know, at that point, you know, you go from, you know, doing fast growth to all of a sudden it's like, it just stalls. And then now, you know, so we were spinning our wheels and um, then I just, you know, I got to a point to where, you know, I'm driving around Michigan traveling and I see a lot of these Michigan based brands. So I'm bringing you up to how we get to where I'm at now with unsalted coast and salted coast. So um, back in 2015, I believe it was, um, uh, I saw this opportunity for um, uh, a Michigan based brand that uh, could sell in like resort towns, could sell in, you know, outfitter stores. Um, And I was thinking just around the Great Lakes region. And um, this is where I came with, uh, I came up with an idea that we live on the fresh coast, you know, you have salted, you have salt life, you have all this salted stuff going on, on, you know, the West coast and the East coast, but in the Midwest, there's, you know, we have all this fresh, you know, salt free water around us. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's a coastline, it's fresh water. I came up with the name unsalted coast and I started that, you know, small, um, you know, it's a sacrifice obviously because I'm starting something new and this was, you know, um, I think I started with like six t-shirts yeah. <laughs> and uh, just to see if people would be interested in this thing. And, um, you know, I started, went out and I opened up 15 stores that now, mind you, now I came, I come from the streetwear market, you right. know, back in the day it was called urban apparel, hip hop wear, whatever you want to label it at that time. And it moved into streetwear, which is skirt or a skate surf uh, market now. And um, I had no clue how I was going to sell this because I had no relationship. So I'm starting fresh and new mm-hmm. with um, these new uh, retailers. So, and, you know, I'm into this, you know, I come from this world of, you know, everything's bright and loud and in our apparel, you know what I mean? Right. With, you know, in the urban market. And so, um, I'm looking at the brands that are out there that I'm going to compete against in this, you know, this Michigan based stuff and everything's dark and really like earth tones and it all has to do with Michigan and Michigan colors or probably Northern like outdoor kind of woodsy, you know, type feel. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, God, this is boring to me. You know, you gotta do, you know, it needs to be something that brightens the floor up when I walk into these stores. It's just, it, it, it needs to be refreshing, you know? And so I, uh, I ended up, um, uh, coming up with the name unsalted coast, but you know, I started pulling from the past when I was in, you know, when I was in high school and, you know, college, you know, the big brands were ocean Pacific salty dog and, um, you know, Ron John, all these, um, surf brands Mm -hmm. that were, they were loud. They were, you know, pinks and turquoises and, you know, these, um, bright yellows and it was what everybody wore i you know i used to wear i had uh shoes that you know it's crazy now you look back on it but um you know i was walking through eastern and i had these uh sperry top siders that were a turquoise green and um 
you know, but that was like, you know, you wanted the, the loudest stuff back then. Right, so exactly, yeah. I, I was wearing those with a, you know, uh, uh, a bright pink ocean Pacific, like bubblegum pink shirt. And, uh, or I would wear, you know, my Lacoste or my Izod polo stuff was always yellow and bright and loud, mm-hmm. you know, these colors with your Sperry's. So, you know, you just wanted to pop, you know, right, yeah. you wanted to help. So I took that philosophy and I implemented it into Unsalted Coast. So, um, I, you know, we were a little fresher than what was going on in the market. Everything was dark and earth tones. And now you have all this bright colors. So, you know, I like to say that, you know, what we do is we take these good quality fabrics, uh, and these nice silhouettes that are comfortable. Um, they're casual, they're cozy. They're very, you know, uh, cozy fabrics for like the women that want to wear stuff, you know, so <clears throat> I marry that or, you know, combine that with these vibrant color graphics. Mm-hmm. And that's what became Unsalted Coast. And, um, you know, it just started, you know, slowly growing from that philosophy. And um, uh, so moving along as, you know, every year I'd go from 15 accounts to 30 accounts to, you know, we double accounts every year. So we're going into our fifth year. I think we have, you know, just in the Midwest area, we have over 100 and, uh, 130, 140 accounts that's carrying unsalted coast right now. But, you know, we went from one state, you know, I think I told you this, Dylan, like the other night, we went from one state three months ago. This has just all happened in the mm-hmm. last year. One state that was selling close to, you know, over 100 accounts to now we're in 17 states during this whole pandemic, this right. COVID stuff that was crazy for a lot of businesses, but um, it actually, you know, it kind of helped our business in a sense because a lot of people were staying at their lake homes. They weren't coming home, you know, they're in their resort towns. And so it helped our business because that's the stores that we were selling were all these, you know, Northern or these, um, these lake resort stores mm-hmm. and outfit retailers. And, um, so it helped our business in, you know, we've, you know, now we're in 17 states and um, we're growing. And last year I ended up um, partnering with a large uh, production company out of uh, Ohio that came in, they bought into the brand and they wanted to scale us nationally now. So that brings us up to where we are right. now. So, <laughs> so I, I could talk, dude. Like, so, no, no, no. I mean, it's amazing. So, I mean, how, um, how so explain the 17 how in those three months like what did you guys do to to do that to go from one to 17. um we we started doing um uh we did trade shows we did um uh sales reps you know we got we hired sales reps Mm -hmm. you know to come on board with us and go out and sell the brand so we got five sales reps now that are selling for us um you know michigan um minneapolis uh we've got Florida, Alabama, uh, the Carolinas. We just hired a new rep that's going to work the Carolina, uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, uh, in Georgia region. Um, we're we're trying to find somebody up in the the Upper East Coast, the New York area mm-hmm. that's going to work Connecticut, you know, Rhode Island, all those areas up there. So um, yeah, that's just you know, it's you know, sales reps and doing trade shows, being at the right trade shows, but. 
you know, it helps, you know, you got a, you know, we got a very large manufacturing um, partner now that's behind us. So um, they want to scale us, you know, we want to, we want to scale the, the brand and the company um, in the next five years, you know, we'd like to get to a point to where, you know, either we keep it and, mm -hmm. you know, or we sell it and cash out at that point. Right. I don't know, you know, see how it goes, but so far everything's been going very well. And, um, you know, we're excited. We just launched Salted Coast as well. Um, uh, that was a way for us to, we're working, you know, Unsalted Coast is the concept behind it is it's for um, lake lifestyle. We've really committed to a lake lifestyle. Um, we have images of like docks and, you know, um, sunsets. And um, what do you do when you go to the lake with your friends and family? You know, right, you either exactly. you get a boat you have fun, you jet ski, you know, you, um, you know, you party, mm -hmm. you know, with your friends, you know, you, you know, you just relax and you chill and you just have a great time with your friends and family. And that's what unsalted coast, that's the whole concept behind it. That's what we've committed to. So, um, you know, we want our fabrications to be, you know, like I said, cozy and comfortable. So, uh, you know, on a summer evening, what do you do? You want to roast marshmallows, you want to sit by a bonfire, mm -hmm. and you want to be comfortable and cozy at your lake house, at your cottage, you know, even in your backyard. You know right, what I mean? Exactly. It's, you don't have to be in a lake or be right. around the lake to, to be a part of the unsalted coast. If you're, you know, if you, you know, our lifestyle is you hike, you bike, you know, you boat, um, uh, you walk, you run, you kayak, you canoe, you're on your pontoon. That's all the lifestyle of unsalted coast. It's what do you do when you're around, you know, if you're on vacation or you're vacationing at your lake house, what do you do? Well, you relax, you chill, or you go hiking, biking, and you do tubing, whatever, you know? So that's our whole lifestyle with that. And so we want, we're taking that blueprint that we've built with unsalted coast and now we're implementing it into Salted Coast, which is what do you do at the around the ocean? Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> then, you know, very similar. You stand up paddleboard, you know, um, you fish, deep sea fishing. So things change a little bit. So you're going from this lake type of, mm -hmm. you know, core graphics that you're using to get into ocean style graphics. And so, um, you know, we're able to pick up, uh, you know, just in this last couple of months, you know, some of the Carolina accounts, some Florida accounts now that, you know, um, you know, we're not necessarily saying we're the salt life or, you know, we're these other brands are, you know, they're, they've been in it, they've been doing it. Uh, I don't want to go after, we're not deep sea fishermen. You know what right. I mean? We don't do that. You know, yeah. I'd love to do it, but that's not our lifestyle. We're this comfortable, cozy, you know, um, mm -hmm. you know, ocean lifestyle. So you're going to chill when you're out on the, you know, on the beach. Those are the things that, you know, that's, that's what we are, you know? So, um, yeah, man, that's where, that's where I am today. And <clears throat> well, I think, a lot of people I think your journey has been, you know, it's just amazing. It kind of shows like what people talk about where it's kind of like experience is the biggest, is the biggest teacher of them all. Right. I mean, just Absolutely. actually experiencing and going through and networking and stuff like that, because you could have, you could have went to school for fashion or you could have done things that, you know, could have helped or maybe you met people in the fashion school that, you know, uh, big name people that helped you out. But at the end of the day, too, I mean, I think your experience, like you said, your journey, I mean, you've been through a lot um, and um, a lot of success, some failure. But at the end of the day, 
from success and failure, you seem to have learned a ton of stuff that has helped put you in the position you are now, which um, the one thing I can say I learned from you for sure when it comes to clothing is quality. Like from day one, like any clothing line you came out with or, or the products and stuff, it's always been quality. And so, I mean, the stuff now is amazing. I, I, I've touched Unsalted Coast and Salted Coast. I felt it. I've worn it. Like I fell in love with it the second, you know, I got some samples in my hands. So it's like, what, what how did you learn that aspect of it? Like when did you go like, look, it's beneficial to spend the money on quality stuff, you know, or like how'd you learn that aspect of it? I think it's just your, <clears throat> this is my personal preference, okay. you know, um, you know, coming, you know, just, um, what I enjoy, you know, with clothing, um, you know, I'm going to, I call myself, you know, I'm a, I love apparel, man. I love, right. I love, you know, fashion clothing. Um, you know, and I, I, and I knew that back in, you know, when I was in high school, you know, you want to wear the freshest stuff. You want to have, you know, the, the stuff that stands out where, mm -hmm. you know, people, you're walking down the hallways and people are like, yo, where did you get that at? Or where, you know, what is that? You know, you want to be the first one, you know, to have the, the hot stuff, you know, or, or to kind of stand out or be a little different, not to follow the trends. You kind of, I wanted to set my own trends back then. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you do things a little differently. And so, like you said, you know, you get, you know, you're in high school and people are like, oh, you know, you get the mock awards or the best dress. Right, and so, yeah. you, know, I, you know, that was me. Like, you know, when I was in high school, you know, I was the one where, you know, I would wear like, you know, one day I would wear all this surf crazy stuff that was just loud and, you know, you stand out. And then the next day I would wear dress slacks with the, with the, the nice, you know, dress shoes, mm -hmm. a shirt and a tie and a sweater. And, you know, then next day I would do something different, a crazy cardigan, mm -hmm. you know, with some crazy sneakers, you know. And so I always wanted to, to you know, I just appreciated clothing. So I think, you know, getting into doing it for yourself, you want to, um, you, you want the same product that you sell. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's the same stuff that you would wear yourself. I mean, I'm not, you know, I, I want people to, when you buy this, you know, an unsalted coast piece, I want you to be able to touch it and feel it and say, yeah. wow, like this is, this is quality. I, you know, and then when you, when they touch that, that translates into, I can see myself wearing this. Where do you picture yourself wearing this, this piece at? And I think you get that with quality stuff. Like, you know, when you go shopping for myself and I'm looking for a suit or I'm looking for, you know, a coat, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm already envisioning myself, how I'm going to wear this, where I'm going to wear it at. It's not like, Oh, I just got to go buy a coat and put it on. You know, you appreciate it. I, I appreciate the details in clothing now. Like it's crazy. Like when I was working with uh, artful Dodger, um, the designer that was there, Scott Langton, if you guys look him up, he's from England and, um, you know, he's a tailor by trade. And that was one of the reasons why, you know, with Sean John, when he was doing Sean John, he was trying to implement all these, you know, these little detailed stuff in their product. Um, that was a fight that him and Puffy had all the time because Puff wanted stuff that was going to be more for the street. He wanted to implement more of these pieces or little details that was going in the product that, you know, wasn't necessarily for the street, but it, it's, it still spoke loud and clear of like, yo, this stuff is on some, another, another right. it's on another level, you know? Mm -hmm. So I learned, you know, I appreciated 
a lot of stuff being around him, you know, and, you know, I was in New York for a while, you know, stayed with him, uh, him and his wife in their home and, you know, helped merchandise some of the brands that he was working on. Um, and, you know, I had a chance to see it firsthand watching the process of, you know, taking a sketch, you know, picking out fabrics and, you know, making a storyboard and, you know, of what your market is, who your customer, I mean, your storyboard, it, it gets broken down to who your customer is, you know, what does he look like? What's he wearing or what's he or she wearing? Mm -hmm. And, you know, then you start, you know, you build around that knowing the fabrics that you're going to pick out, knowing the silhouettes, the styles, all that. So it's a process. And, you know, I had a chance to be around that and being into it, you know, uh, when I was in, you know, even in New York and when I worked with Mecca, you know, I used to, you know, the sales, the sales reps would be there for sales meetings. I would like to be in, you know, I'd go into the design room mm -hmm. and, you know, where the, all the designers were, the graphic designers were, you know, the, the, the tech designers that were making tech packs and actually, you know, drawing the blueprints for the, the silhouettes that are going to be for the new season. I would spend a lot of time in there just watching the process mm -hmm. and learning because I knew one day I'm going to come back and I'm going to do it right. for myself. Yeah. That was the reason why I did it. It was, you know, I wanted to be around it. Mm -hmm. And I had a chance to, you know, get to learn these guys, learn their process and meet them. And so we're, I'm still friends with those guys. So mm -hmm. now when I'm building my own product, right. who, who do I refer back to? I refer back to my relationships. Mm -hmm. Say, hey, man, what do you guys think about this? Oh, tweak it here, Rob. Do this, do that. Change this up. Flip this color. You know, so it's it, everything's a process. It doesn't, you know, it's just not something that is built or done overnight there's a lot of pieces that are going on moving pieces and so you know those relationships along the way with going back to what you said the experience that you build mm -hmm. you you have these relationships with people that you can pass stuff over to what do you think about this hey i need some help i'm you know this is what i'm thinking i need to get this vision down can you get this out for me this is how i want it how i see it on a person mm -hmm. and so that's that's that equates quality to me and that, you know, that's what I want to put into the product that I make. So I'm glad that you can see it like when you touch and feel it. So that means if you're, and I know you as a person, so I right. know <laughs> you're, yeah. I told you before, you remind me a lot of myself, right? Um, you have that same drive, you have the same appreciation for quality products. So, right. um, you know, you get it, you touch it. So if you, if you can touch it and feel it, then I know the consumer, the end consumer is going to touch and feel it. So, you know, that's, yeah, I'm glad. That yeah, no, I think that's, again, I think that's what's important. That's why I've tried to do the whole time. You know, I've been kind of going through things. It's like back when I wanted to do the clothing line, like you said, you set me up with um, with Eric and Juan, uh, you know, doing when they were doing flavored threads and, and all that. And, uh, you know, I was actually going into their building and, you know, they had the screen printing press set up and I was screen printing you know, I was learning how to screen print my crazy cartel stuff. Like they would help me set it up. They would burn the screen and everything, but like I would be doing the squeegee. And it's because like I wanted to learn that process because it's like, yeah. you, know, you know, you never know one day when, you know, I do it in my, myself or whatever. So it was just, you know, that idea of, yeah, always learning the ins and outs. Like, again, because you could be the best sales rep in the world, but if you don't have a quality product, you know, again, same with you. It's like, it's like if you got to focus on kind of the operations and like the quality of the product and all that stuff, because again, you could be the best sales rep, but if you don't have quality product, nobody's, you know, you can't yeah, sell it, you know? 
you know, and it's kind of funny though, because sometimes you look at, um, some, some brands that just come out and they have a good sales teams mm -hmm. and their product isn't really all that, that great. And mm -hmm. you wonder how do those guys make it? Cause I, you know, I've got a lot of friends that, you know, are designers, their product is phenomenal. Like right. you it's the construction of it is ridiculous, mm -hmm. but it's hard for them to get it to market. Right, because they're, it goes they both ways. That it's, it's that teamwork, you know. It's like you got to have the sales team and you got to have the quality. Like they Absolutely. go hand in hand, you know. So that's you know my journey is I did mine backwards. You know what I mean? Right. Where you know that five steps backwards mm -hmm. moves ten steps forward. So now when I do it, it's easier now to to do something. So you know I see things all the time that come in my head and I'm like, man, I could I know I could take this and I could build something out of this. You know, build mm -hmm. a brand. Be, because I know I have the relationships to do it now. I know I have the experience, but the key to it all is um, basically what the national sales manager said from Mecca to me was, why don't you come and work for us, learn the industry from the inside and meet retailers, get to know them on a first name basis. Mm -hmm. That was the key. That's, that's what helped me along the way to do things a lot faster now. And so, having the relationships with retailers because now I'm a, now I know the sales side right. and I know the product and the building, the product side. I wish I knew that better, but mm -hmm. you know, there's only so much that you can, right. can learn before, you know, you really, you get to a point to where you have to start delegating those responsibilities out to people that are better than you at, you know, the things that you think you're great at, but you're not really, I, and I, it's taken me a long time to understand that and learn that. Just like with anything in life, you know, you realize, you know what, this person's better than me. So, you know, you, you put your pride to the side and say, you know what, I need you to work on this for me because, you know, I know I'm going to get quality, good stuff. You know, this person over here is their their strengths are a lot better than mine at this. So I'm going to let mm -hmm. them work on that. And you finally, when you can put yourself and get yourself to that point. Uh, in life and you realize that there's other people that their strengths are better than yours. And, you know, um, then those are the people you surround yourself with. Yeah. Exactly. You know, that was, you know, what I learned that too. I learned that um, watching uh, Russell Simmons and, um, you know, Puffy with Sean John, uh, some of these other brands, you know, that they have a big name behind them. Um, these people have built empires and the music side, but watching them do it on the fashion side, you know, and being in there, like, you know, I, um, just being at the trade shows, watching, you know, Russell Simmons when he had fat farm and, you know, um, knowing that they don't know this clothing industry. Like when you, okay, when you're coming up, you think, Oh, a designer, like you have, these guys are actually sitting down designing the product, you know, Calvin Klein or Tommy Hilfiger, they're designing every piece. No, mm -hmm. that's not how it works. It took right. me a long time to understand that. I thought I had to go to school and learn how to design. And, you know, and it, there's a lot of people that do. Mm -hmm. And my journey wasn't that, you know, right. my journey was, all right, I just know how to hustle. I know how, you know, I had an idea for this brand called Rasa that, you know, I had a market. I, you know, I was going to hit the streets and go out and sell. And that's what I did. But I realized as the journey moves long, you know, further and further on down the road for my life, I realized my strengths, my strengths are being able to visualize, have a vision for something and being able to 
bring it together and build the name to be able to, you know, get to a point to where you can go out and market it and sell it. Mm -hmm. That's my strength is it's, it's, you know, facilitating that whole process, not sitting down, drawing the actual garment out or drawing it. I see, I have the vision in my head. I have the name. I know who my market is, my demographic is, and I know how to pitch it and to Mm -hmm. sell it to the retailer. Like I said, going back to Unsolved Pickles, I, man, this is a market I had no clue. You're talking about a kid that, you know, you know, I came from the urban world, you know, hip hop, all that, like, and then now I'm in resort, you know, like resort outfitter, like, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're in retail stores where they're carrying Patagonia, North Face, Columbia, yeah. you know, footwear, you know, you don't see Nike and Adidas and any of that stuff. You see Keen and Merrill and some of the, I don't even wear this, those, those, mm-hmm. those shoes, but you know, it's a whole different world for, for me, but I knew how to sell it because I was number one, I was passionate about it but I knew who my demographic was. I knew who I was going after, what retail stores I wanted to be in that where my product translates to the retailer and who was going to be the, uh, you know, the vessel or the retailer to be able to, to move that product for me. I knew, I know that I knew who it was. So getting into the store and now going back to the journey again, you know, knowing how to sell and mm-hmm. how to promote a brand. Well, when I got in front of this, these stores, retailers that I had no clue any of these brands, you know, you you hear about them, but I don't know really that market. I just knew that I could sell it to them because of, I already knew who my demographic was. I, you know, and I, and I was, I was laying down good quality products. So um, that worked. The fact that it was colorful, bright, it stood out from the competitors that were out there. I saw that in order for me to do something, to get my place in that market, I had to have something that stood out. So I hit them over the head with these vibrant colors. Then they touch it and they're like, whoa, like this stuff feels good. This mm-hmm. is, you know, where yeah. you're coming from. And then you give them your vision. This is, you know, this is, we've committed to Lake Light Lifestyle. You know, we we're about this, you know, and I go through the whole pitch and I'm able to translate that so they can see it. Yeah. So that's where, those are my strengths and I've, it's, it's taken me a long time to understand that, but you know, for people that are out there listening to you, watching you or watching this show, you know, for some of these people that want to do their own thing, um, regardless of if it's in this industry or whatever industry that they're in, um, you know, like going back to it, one of the things that you have to, you know, you have to kind of um, realize that, there's people out there that, um, you know, they have those strengths and, you know, where your weakness is, you have to find those strengths. And, you know, it's not necessarily having to be the person that draws everything that does everything and does it extremely well. You know, I didn't know how to, to actually draw sketch, you know, an outfit, sketch somebody, but I had the vision. Mm -hmm. And so I went out and I found somebody that could sketch my vision out for me, you know, and I found somebody that a graphic artist that, Hey man, these are my references. These are the things that, you know, how I see this. I know it's not like this, but can you, you know, can you bring it to bring it to life for me? Mm-hmm. And then, then you, then you start molding what they're doing and you mold that clay into it being your own thing. That's what I learned how to do where, you know, in the beginning that, you know, like I said, I thought I had to be 
the actual designer. You know, Ralph Lauren, a lot of people don't know this, um, but you everybody thinks that Ralph is this, he sits there and he designs all the stuff. No, mm -hmm. man, he has a design room of designers that right. design his vision for him. But Ralph Lauren started out as a uh, uh, selling ties, you know, bow ties and, you know, mm -hmm. these colorful ties in New York. You know what I mean? Like he was, so he was, a, uh, he was a tie sales rep. Right. And but see, there goes back to now he has relationships. Mm -hmm. So now if he can put the pieces together and say, okay, um, I love ties. I'm passionate about ties. I'm going to start my own brand of ties because I already have stores that are going to sell this brand you know, sell for me. Cause I know them. I'm going to go build these ties. And that's what he did. And he built and he sold ties mm -hmm. just using those relationships. So that I see my journey a lot, you know, I don't equate myself to them, but um, they are, you know, there's, you know, I, I, I got to, I think Calvin Klein actually designs, you know, he did, started out as a designer, but you know, mm -hmm. when you, when you start your brand out, you don't have to know everything. That's the thing is that, you know, you just go out and find, put the pieces of, you know, Hey, these guys are screen printers. I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go see if these guys can make my stuff for me, right. learn, listen to what they have to say. You know, I'm going to go find a graphic artist. It's like you're building a website. You're not, I don't know how to build a website, but I'm going to go find somebody that can build it really well. Mm -hmm. That, you know, those are pieces it, and it costs, you know, money in the beginning. So anything that you can do on your own, first and foremost, obviously you want to, you know, you want to um, exhaust that you want to do as much as you can. But eventually it's going to get to a point to where you realize, you know, there's other people that you need to surround yourself with that can help you build what you're trying to, to mold. So, no, I think I mean, I think it kind of went back to that passion part of it, too. Like you had mentioned just a few minutes ago, it's like, do you when you have that passion for something and you just want it to succeed so bad, um, do you feel like that's what pushes kind of somebody to like? do try to learn everything or do everything um to where passion sometimes might get almost in the way just a slight bit like you said like you feel like you're a good designer or you feel like you're this or you it's almost like nobody's going to do it as good as me then you have to like look yourself in the mirror and go you know what like i i gotta find somebody to help you know like kind of like that calling card of like asking for help yeah i mean passion is passion can get in the way too you yeah know what i mean yeah you be so passionate about something that it, it ends up being you get so much pride to where, mm -hmm. you know, you don't know how to step out of the way. So, yeah, that is. But, you know, um, I mean, with anything, you know, you got to be extremely passionate in order to to be ready, because, you know, it's very rarely are you going to have something that is going to be, you know, a success. It's going to it takes time. You know, man, I've fallen so many times. You know, Dylan, like people don't even know, like mm -hmm. um, falling flat on my face multiple times. And I have, you know, you, you know, I have no problem now mm -hmm. um, telling people that, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like yeah. letting people know that, you know, but it's it's being able to get up and being able to, you know, uh, brush the, the dirt off and and keep moving for. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the passion, though, that that drives you like. You know, you got to have that passion. If you don't have the passion and it's just like, what are you doing? You know, you're yeah. just going through the motions. And so because you're going to fall, you're right. going to fall, you're, you know, you're going to scrape your knees. You're going to, you know, you're going to, you're going to get hurt. And, but is it going to keep you down? That's the biggest thing, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, I've fallen so many times that I felt like, damn, is this, is it ever, you know, you know, 
why is it always hard like this? Right. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. And, you know, but, but you learn from it and it's all experience. And, you know, my road is, is taking a lot longer because, you know, I took, you know, like I said, those five steps back and I, you know, some people just jump in and, and it works for them because they're in the right place at the right time. Everything's timing as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so my journey has been longer, but um, I've learned from it and I'm able to pass that down to my kids. That's what I want them to learn is like, if you're going to do something, be passionate about it and decide, you know, decide what you're passionate about and go all in on it, mm-hmm. you know? Do you, so, um, I, so my question to you also is like, when you did these other brands, was there any of them that maybe you weren't as passionate about or like which one of these brands has been like your biggest passion? Cause you said you did Fugly and Lion Blood. Were any of those kind of like just started to kind of fill the void or like you were chasing maybe something else and it wasn't so much passion? Um, man, that's a good question. That's yeah. a very good question. Um, I think that, you know, they could be fun when I was doing well, obviously the passion was built when I, when I did Rasa in the beginning, mm-hmm. I was right. 19 years old, didn't have a clue what I was doing and I learned and that passion drove the fire. You know what I mean? Right. And then once I got, in, got into that, then I got in with Mecca, started working with Mecca and um, it's the passion of, of, uh, <laughs> How can I say this? Um, it's well, I'll put it to you this way. Um, uh, you have some things that you, you have an ultimate passion of, of succeeding. Mm-hmm. Number one, number two, you want to do it in what, you know, you're passionate about as far as fashion and clothing. Mm-hmm. So that always drives it. So the brand that the names that I came up with didn't really like, I was passionate about all of them. I wanted all of them to work, mm-hmm. but, not everything works like you know what i mean so nothing you know there was nothing that i did that i didn't really go all in on you mm-hmm. know that was the key to it the going all in is this is a clothing brand and i love it right. you know i love yeah. clothes i'm going all in on that mm-hmm. whatever the name is that's you know i can come up with names tomorrow i've got names that you know i've already you know went out and trademarked and stuff that yeah. all right i'm just gonna shelf this because if i ever want to do something with it mm-hmm. i'm gonna do it right. you know i go get domains and you know so i shelf a lot of that stuff because i there's names that i have like man i could do this with that right you know and so there's always passion in, in the name so there's never really been one one that i've been more you know um felt I think, well, I, I've got a tattoo of Rasa, so. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> kind of your baby. All the things that, that's like your baby, though, you know, that's kind of. Yeah, that's that, that's what kicked it off, you yeah. know, and everybody, you know, like, well, not everybody, but I get a lot of people that say, why don't you do that? Why don't you come back with that? It's just, but now I've learned that that was a stepping stone for me, right, you know right. what I mean? And things, you know, that's what taught me. That's what got me to where I am today was the passion of, of starting that, you know, and just being in, like, you know, I started Rasa with, you know, my best friend at the time, just like, you know, how yeah. you're doing with your legacy. Yeah. You know, one of my boys and, other, you know, a lot of people know us as, you know, we were cool in high school. Joe Lopez, we started that together and we went down different journeys and I stuck with it. And, you know, he wanted to continue going to school. And so, you know, everybody is right. everybody's is, is different, but, you know, it all starts with passion and, you know, but yeah, Rasa is is that's my baby. It's close to my heart, you know, but it doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean like now unsalted coast has filled that though. Yeah, exactly. Because 
I love where I'm at now in my life. Um, I love what I'm doing with Unsalted Coast. Um, Salted Coast, you know, is is starting to come around. So, so I'm all in on those. You know what right. I mean? I, you know, and it's not that I don't look back and appreciate the things. I, I love what I've done. I love, you know, but not everything works. You right, know, exactly. you get something. So, you know, that's the thing is that some people will try to keep going and going and going. And I finally had to get to the point to where, like, yes, I could do that and I could probably do really well, but that's not where I'm at in my heart right now. You know what I mean? Right. I'm, I'm in this, mm-hmm. you know, and those were stepping stones to get me to where I'm at today. And I think a lot of things in your life, that whole journey in your life is the same way. There's people that come into your life for certain reasons, mm-hmm. you know, and you they may not be on that journey forever, yeah. but they, they did something in your life that helped you get to where you are today. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I, I'm grateful to a lot of people, you know, not only in my own personal life, but even in my, in my business life, right. you know, so, um, so as we kind of wrap things up here in a, in a few minutes, uh, I always kind of end the podcast with like some, some questions kind of, um, I kind of use kind of like this three same questions. So the first one kind of is, um, basically your last nine to five. So would you consider Mecca as kind of like your last kind of, I guess, working for somebody job? Um, or was that still almost like an independent job? That was an independent job. I mean, I worked for, I mean, you know, you have a, a, a national, you have a sales manager and, um, with Mecca, I'll, I'll just be frank with you. My last nine to five job Mm -hmm. goes back to my early twenties and I was working at, uh, for General Motors. Oh, wow. You were working at GM? Yeah, I got in there in my early twenties while I was still doing Rasa. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's so funny because, um, I still remember the people coming up to me, you know, these were guys that were in their thirties. I'm in my early twenties. These guys are in their mid thirties. They used to call me Raza, hey, hey Raza all the time. You know, so Raza <laughs> nickname. Yeah. And here's the funny thing is that I would be working on the line mm-hmm. and in between breaks, I would be trying to work on my business plan. Yeah. What am I, what's my strategy? So they used to see me doing this all the time and you know, they'd always be playing, you know, during breaks, you play ping pong, you do whatever, that's yeah. what you do in the plane, you know? Right. And so they'd always, Raza, what are you working on? I said, I'm, I'm trying to come up with this, that, you know, a plan, a business plan for next year, you know, a budget strategy, whatever. And then I always used to hear from them. It's like, man, what are you doing? Like, why are you, why are you here? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what, what do you mean? And they're like, dude, you know, this isn't you. You're, this isn't, you know, and th- one day three guys came up. And they were all in their early 30s. They come up and they say, Raza, you know, we, we're here. We want to tell you, like, you need to get out of here, man. Mm-hmm. And I said, what do you mean? And they said, you need to get out of this plant because this is not who you are. Right. What's going to happen is that, you know, you're going to make decent money. You're going to, you know, you're going to go out and you're going to get, um, uh, you're going to go, you know, buy a house, get a car. And next thing you know, you're not going to fulfill that vision right. that you have. You know, we can't sit here and allow you, you know, watch you every day doing this stuff to be here. And so, you know, we're just telling you, you need to get out, get out, you know, while you're mm-hmm. still young and you can do it. And, you know, I remember that. And it was crazy because I did. I just <laughs> one day I, I I packed everything up and, you know, I told, the, you know, the you know, the General Motors, my supervisor at the time, I was like, you know, I, I want to take a leave of absence. Mm-hmm. And they're like, 
how long I said, I don't, I, at least three to, you know, if I can get three months, I want three to four months. Mm -hmm. And I went to California, stay with my brother. And, you know, um, uh, I was trying to do things out there in Sacramento, California. And, uh, you know, it got tough, you know, and I ain't gonna lie, because it got so tough, man, because I couldn't get things going. You know, we were doing festivals out there and selling directly to consumer, mm -hmm. making money, but it wasn't an everyday thing. So there was, you know, days and months or, you know, weeks that would go by where there was, you know, we weren't selling product. And mm -hmm. so I was like, man, what am I going to do? So, you know, we ended up coming back to Michigan and, you know, I ain't gonna lie. I, I, you know, tail between my legs, I went into General Motors and I said, Hey, you know what? I'd like to see if I can get my job back. Mm -hmm. And they're like, uh, the union reps at the time were like, Hey, you know, just go in, just, they ain't going to know, you know, until they catch up with you. Mm -hmm. So I was working in there for about a week. I got paid and, mm -hmm. you know, I was still trying to figure out, I knew I didn't want to be in the plant, yeah. but I knew I needed to make some money. Like, mm -hmm. let me make some quick money for about another six months. And then right. I, then I'll, and, uh, they ended, ended up catching up to me and, and they came around they're like, dude, didn't you take a leave of absence? <laughs> like, what didn't you like? get yeah. out of the plan you know and i did and you know at, at that point it was okay like you know and i i uh i said yeah i did and so it was one of me trying to pull a fast one trying right. to get back into fast money but mm -hmm. that was it though i you know when i walked out of there I, I left and you know i never looked back because it's not really what i wanted to do it's not what was burning inside me you know mm -hmm. so but that that worked for some people you know that i'm grateful because that's you know, my mom and my stepdad, you know, you know, they worked in the plant. I have family and, you know, and um, that that is for some people, but it just wasn't for me. You know what I mean? I did. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to do my own thing. So, man, that goes back to you're talking in the 90s, dude. When, mm -hmm. You know, that was my last real nine to five, because even when I was working with Mecca, I mean, I'm in Chicago and, you know, mind you, you they paid for a loft for me. That was my office. And there's a few people that came from Michigan to visit. Mm -hmm. And when they walked into my office, my office was a loft in a, in a brick building. Yeah. And it was Mecca, everything. I had Mecca, you know, they, they laid it out for me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're in your, you know, mid twenties, you know, yeah. mid twenties and late twenties. And you're in Chicago downtown and you have this, you know, beautiful office. It's a loft and you have your own computer. And I mean, it's just, at the time you have your own, your own computer you have your own like office you mm -hmm. know and i was there every day and so i call my appointments and you know make appointments with my retailers they come in and sit down and i get presentations out of my office so you know oh that was just a great time i just you know was thinking yeah. about this stuff yeah you know yeah. what i mean it's so but even then my point being with that is that i didn't nobody nobody there was no, i was my own boss like you know what i mean mm -hmm. I, right my sales manager was in New York. Mm -hmm. So every morning, you know, if not every, you know, you didn't call every day, but at least once or twice a week, you know, I was in my office by 8 AM, you know, calling on people and, um, you know, he'd call and check in, Hey, what's, what's going on? Oh, I got this, da, da, da. These are the people I'm seeing. So it was really nobody like micromanaging or nothing like that. So mm -hmm. that wasn't really a nine to five. And then after that, I ended up being an independent, um, start my own independent sales agency like so right. um again it was my own you know my own boss and you know um again it's it's uh it's been a long it's been a journey that yeah. you know
it's been up and down, up and down, but it's, you know, I've never really worked for anybody like, except for when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And that's a good feeling because, yeah. you know, and I want everybody to know this. Um, the, one of the most important things that you really work for more than anything, it's not money. It's time. Mm-hmm. It's time. It's time to be able to have with your family, to be able to spend with your kids, um, you know, to be able to, you know, do the memorable things, going to the, you know, the 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 t-ball games, the mm-hmm. you know, the the peewee football games, the pop Warner, the Pony League baseball, the cheerleading, you know, the volleyball, all that stuff is that's what you get. You know, that's what you work for is your time. You wanna you wanna get to a point in your life to where you have something running with your business mm-hmm. to where it's a well-oiled machine and now you have time you have time to spend with your family you have time to do those things and one of the things that you know i've you know i appreciate and i'm grateful for is that i've had time to see all of you know like my daughter like my daughter aja i've had time to see her grow and to be a part of that because i made my own hours right you know what i mean i worked as hard as i wanted to work mm-hmm. and you know, at the times, you know, her mother and I ended up getting divorced, but even in between, I was able to coach, you know, coach her teams. And so it's, it's time that I think more than anything is that, you know, you, you work for time, Mm -hmm. you know, um, you want to build, you want to build whatever you have, even if you work a nine to five, you can still take those nine to five, the monies and make the sacrifices to that it takes to, reinvest and do something with that money right to where eventually it will buy you time you mm-hmm. know what i mean you yeah. get that if you want to retire you want you know you want to be able to do those things you know maybe your outside investments make more money than what you're doing on a daily basis so now you can transition to doing your you know to becoming an entrepreneur or you know finding another position because you've got money off to the side that you can live off for a while while you try to transition into something else. So, you know, that's, that's, what's important to, you know, to me, you know, with my businesses, it's not necessarily, you know, um, you know, I have to be a, a you know, a multimillionaire, build this huge empire, you know, of course, you know, everybody works for that. You want that, mm-hmm. but you know, it's the, my thing that I've taken is that I've never really worked for something and I've set my own hours to be able to enjoy the things that I wanted to, you know? Right. So, well, I think that, again, is kind of what I'm trying to brand here with the hustlepreneur life. It's just kind of that. It's like hustling and being an entrepreneur or working, like you said, a nine to five and you hustle outside of it to kind of build uh, that passive income. And I think, like you said, the goal is we call it financial freedom, but with financial freedom um, and entrepreneurship, like you said, comes that time and uh, being able to set your schedule and having that freedom of time. I mean, you get financial freedom and you get time freedom at the same time. So I think that's a, a huge factor in why being an entrepreneur can work out. But like you said, it can, you could be working all day long too. But at the end of the day, I mean, it, you can work hard when you need to work hard and you can take time out um, when you get that freedom uh, to take time. Yeah. That's the thing is it doesn't, it's hard to stop. It's hard to turn the turn mm-hmm. it off. Um, it's not, you know, like for me, like I'm thinking about stuff. I work my best when it's like 1230, when nobody's 
awake. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's mm -hmm. when my mind really gets going. And, you know, it's hard to shut that off. Like, mm -hmm. so I will admit, like, you know, um, I'm sure my wife would tell you that, you know, there's times where I'm, you know, I'm on my phone or I'm doing things that, you know, you just can't stop because it's a part of, you know, what they say is that when you get into something and, and you, you, you love it so much that, you know, it's not working. It's because you love it, you know, right. but to the people that aren't as passionate about it as you mm -hmm. are looking at it from the outside and saying, Hey, wait a second. Like, you know, when are you going to shut that off? Oh, you know what? You're right. You know? Yeah. So, but it's, you know, you're constantly like, you know, I'll, I'm talking to, you know, people in on the weekends or, you know, cause retailers will call me up and say, Hey man, I sold up, you know, we sold out of this stuff. I need it in. Can and they'll call me instead of calling the sales rep. And I'm like, cause they, you know, they know that I own the brand. So they want me to, to give them that extra, you know, make sure you get this out Monday morning. Right. I'm like, well, why don't you call, you can call the sales rep, man. And mm -hmm. they're like, no, that's, I know that you're going to get it done. It's just like, it doesn't stop. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. So, but that's one of the downsides is, and it's not a downside, but it's like, you know, you want to be able to turn things off and What's sometimes and cons? You, yeah, there's pros and cons to everything, you know, like, you know, one of the things that I remember when I was working at GM early on that, you know, you go in and once you come out, you shut it off. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, it's, it's over. You don't think about it. My mind is constantly going to the point mm -hmm. to where it's, you know, it's like, man, like how do you shut? So, you know, you run and I run, I exercise, I try to do the things that are going to chill me out. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. So, well, I kind of, I mean, you, you kind of spoke about running and stuff. Um, do you have any resources um, when it comes to business? Like, do you lean on anything for, I mean, your experience, I mean, you've already learned a lot, but even I guess along your journey, um, like you said, I mean, back then there wasn't so much as much of the internet or social media and stuff you could lean on, but what are some resources that you lean to? Is it Google, YouTube? Do you, do you lean to people to kind of, if you have questions or you kind of run into issues and again maybe it's not so much now because you are so experienced but kind of along the way what did you lean on as far as maybe like top three resources um you know for learning um obviously yeah well now we have you know this day and age you know mm -hmm. of the internet you know so and i still you know um obviously i refer back to that i'm still learning things that you know um, I was in a little class yesterday, just learning more about Facebook advertising. Yep. And, you know, um, that's one thing that, you know, I'm trying to nail down. I don't really want to spend my wheels on it, you know, mm -hmm. but right now I want to learn it before I hand that off to somebody else, right. just because I know what, you know, the ins and outs. So, you know, if you hand it off to another marketing company, <laughs> you want to know what you're talking about yeah, and exactly. stuff like that. So, yeah, so I'm learning every day with that, but it's more um, for me now. It's more mentorship, like my my business mentors that you know I have in my life. You know, that's one of the things that I've understood now that you know um, along this journey that you know for the people that are listening, you know, you have to find you know again people who are more experienced than you that have been down that path um, that you know, they've, they've succeeded in their industry and what they're doing. And, you know, I, I lean on those mentors, you know, if I have a question in regards to um, whatever it may be, something, you know, um, on the, the number side of the business side of it, you know, I'll call, you know, my mentors who understand that better than me. Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to 
you know, um, a design, you know, I call on, you know, my graphic artists that, you know, I have in our stable that I work with or my friends and stuff mm-hmm. and I'll send it out to them. I mean, it's, it's comes from all over, you know, right. it, it doesn't stop, you know, I, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not, again, it goes back to, I told you, I, I finally realized what I'm, what I'm really, really great at. Mm-hmm. And now the other stuff, that's when I call on other people. I don't have a problem doing that no more, you know, because, you know, you're not going to know, you're not going to know everything, you know? Yeah. Um, and just because, and it's a pride thing, I think for a lot of people is like, man, I can't call that person because it looks like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but I, I'm, I don't even worry about that stuff no more. It's like, you know, Hey man, you learn something new every day. Mm-hmm. So if I don't know something about this, I'm going to call somebody. And I have no problem saying, Hey, I don't understand it. You know, what do you, what can you help me out with this or whatever it may be, you know, um, again, product, same thing. I have my, you know, I have my mentors when it comes to product and I'll ask them, Hey, what do you know about this fabrication? What does it do when you wash it? What does it do? You know, all those little things like that, you know, that people that have constructed garments that I don't, that I've never constructed before. So in fact, I was just on a phone conversation, you know, what, three days ago talking about the new season of unsalted coast for 2022 and asking one of my you know mentors who's a designer you know what does this fabric do i'm thinking about using this fabric have you used this before mm-hmm. you know and so i'm constantly you know <laughs> reaching out to people i have no problem well that's a perfect segue into the last question because the last question is kind of influential people so um yeah, I mean, top three or not top three, but just are there three people in, along the journey or now um, that have really influenced you or continue to influence you or our mentors? Um, like kind of where does some of the influence for a lot of your decisions come from? Oh, man, I got I mean, I have a lot, a lot of people that um you know, I call on, you know, are you asking them? Well, you can name drop. You can, no, you can just name drop some people if you want to shout out some people that have just kind of helped you along the way and just kind of uh, maybe that you have really maybe leaned on or like you said, called, you know, throughout the years or constantly or somebody that you can lean on. Yeah, of course. Um, man, I have, uh, you know, going back to uh, sales, you know, the guy that hired me for Mecca, you know, he, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't necessarily call on him that much anymore, but you know, he was, he kind of took me underneath his wing back then when I had no clue on how to present or sell a line. Yeah. He was one, he was one of the, one of the, he was one of the best. He's very, very good. Mm -hmm. So that's led up to what I'm doing now. You know what I mean? As far as presenting a line, I still hold on to that. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I'll call him up, you know, um, ask him about retailers who I should be reaching on and stuff like that. But, you know, I have, um, uh, you know, uh, Pete Ruhala, who's a um, good friend of mine. He's the CEO of, of J America, you know, okay, yeah. uh, you know, he's, he's a, a good mentor, um, business side. I, you know, um, good friend of mine, you know, we're the same age and, you know, he's still a mentor to me. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure I mentor him when it comes to other stuff, but right. Eric Stevenson is, uh, here in Lansing, you know, we, we bounce things off each other all the time, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, you know, Bob Craig, you know, a lot of people, you know, he came into my life and I don't know if people know who Bob Craig is, but, you know, he owned Munchies, you know, here in Lansing. Oh, okay. for, uh, yeah. he, he's in, he does investments and mm-hmm. investment broker and stuff like that. So, um, you know, Bob is, he's an old schooler, you know, mm-hmm. um, but it's, 
you know, being around him for a while, I had a chance to watch his hustle, watch, yeah. you know, him grind, you know, and, um, you know, the guy that I'm partnered with now, you know, Scott Reardon, who is, uh, you know, he's, he's been in the game for a long time and, you know, he and I are partners and, um, you know, I, I'll call on him, you know, for just different business, business stuff that, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, we, we talk, you know, daily anyways, but, yeah. uh, if I have something outside of where I'm at and that, you know, um, he's another person that he's just, you know, he's got a lot of experience and, you know, high school friend of mine, very good friend of you know, mine growing up, um, you know, we just recently, you know, got back together as far as communicating uh, very successful business owner, Chris Fisher, uh, we went to high school together. Um, he and I are, you know, we have, we think a lot of like, we, minds are constantly going crazy. You know, we would love to, you know, um, uh, we will always come up with stuff that we bounce off on each other. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, these, there's, there's, there's more, man. There's so many people that, you know, I can, you know, keep, you know, I can throw out there, you know, um, but you know, those are, I'd say like the core people that I can communicate with, um, you know, as far as, you know, um, graphic artists, I have, you know, one of my guys pop out in, you know, Brooklyn, New York, who's worked for multiple companies, you know, he's just a really good friend of mine, but when it comes to the graphic world, you know, you know, he's, he's, I love his work. So, yeah. You know, he worked for, you know, Echo, Fat Farm, and Nietzsche, you know, some of the big design, you know, urban houses back in the day. So Pop is, you know, one of my guys that, you know, um, I reach out to quite a bit when it comes to, you know, the seasons. What do you think about this graphic? What do you like, you know, mm -hmm. what, what can I think? Even though he has, you know, he has no clue about the resort. He's a kid from yeah. Brownsville, you know, New York mm -hmm. and Brooklyn. So, but he again there's people that appreciate and passionate about graphics and things like that you know i have a friend of mine uh janie um you know works for you know a, a large footwear company i, I don't want to say who it is right. just because <laughs> yeah. uh just listening i don't want them to know yeah. but he is uh you know she also helps with, with you know graphics and things like mm -hmm. that you know uh, somebody that i reach out to um quite often so yeah, man, there's, there's, I, I've got a lot, you know, a lot of people, but those are like the core, core people that if I have a question in regards to something that I know that they're going to give me the straight answer. And, you know, um, you know, that's generally those, it's, it's those five or six people. Well, that's, that no, I, I mean, that I, I think that's uh, a huge point to make is that, yeah, I mean, again, it's, experience is kind of the best thing uh you know best teacher so it's like when you when you need or when you have questions it's great to have people that have actually been through things or do things um, again when you google stuff you might find an answer you might kind of get like a vague answer on how to do it but you're still unsure because it's just you know it's just some writing or it's some guy making a youtube video and you don't know for sure if he's actually done it so it's <laughs> yeah, like know that it's nice to have, yeah, like those people. And I think again, in business, I think that's goes back to the networking and just having good relationships with people and keep keeping relationships alive and just, you know, keeping that core group of people that can uh, kind of help each other. Like you said, I mean, you can help them, they can help you. It's kind of a mutual, um, you know, being able to bounce things off each other. So I think that's a huge note to um, take down is that, yeah, build those relationships and, and keep those relationships 
alive, you know, because um, you never know yeah. when when four or five years from now, you know, you might have stopped doing what you were doing, but then you come back around to it and you're like, ah, I know, you know, let me reach out to such and such, you know, so, yeah. That's exactly, yeah. that's exactly what you, those, a lot of those mentorships, when you get them along the way, you just, you, you know, you, 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 you utilize them right. the best way that you can, you know, right. and, you know, you just never know. There's, some, you know, they see what you're doing, a lot of your, your, your business mentors, and a lot of them will just say, hey, you know what? You know, I want to get in on this. You know, yeah. I want to help. Let me get in on this, you mm -hmm. know. And so, it, and they also come in that way as well. Like, they see yeah. something that you're doing, they're like, man, that's, that can make some money, Rob. Like, you know, mm -hmm. let me get in on this thing. Yeah. So, and I've done that. I've partnered. My mentors that I'm telling you about, I've partnered with them mm -hmm. down the road. You right. know, I've been partners with all of them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? In some way, some form, you know, we partnered on things, you know, uh, together. Mm -hmm. And but we still maintain that relationship yeah. to where, you know, you never know. They may have something that, you know, I might want to get into or, you know, that's what you, you that's what you why you have them there. Right. You know, or it, it works hand in hand, you know. So that's the key, man. And I didn't have that in the beginning when I was younger, you know, um, you know, but you find those people like, you know, I'm. Again, you can call on me anytime. You yeah. know that. I'm yeah. mentor you when it comes to mm -hmm. any questions that you have. I have people call me or they'll email me, text me, you know, and I try to, you know, I try to make sure that I get back with everybody because I know that I I, I am that person. I was that person right. and I still am just like anybody else. Anybody that that is even successful now, they have their mentors. Exactly. They, everybody does. Mm -hmm. They all, you have to have that. Mm-hmm. You know where I got that from? I got that from Damon John. Yeah, uh, well, I'm, I'm actually reading his book right now, Brand uh, Brand from Within or Brand Within. Um, it's one yeah. of the first books he came out with, but it's because obviously I'm I'm trying to build brands. You know, the Hustlepreneur Life is essentially a brand I'm trying to build. Um, uh, it's a podcast brand, but it's a motivational brand. It's a success brand. You know, I'm just trying to brand it uh in under that umbrella and i think it's a perfect book my wife had bought it for me like i don't know five years ago because obviously i was involved with royal legacy and i i just haven't I ha i'm getting better at reading you know i haven't been reading books as much as i should and it's just cool i've had it around and you know this year i made a choice like yeah i need to start reading it because um damon john is obviously fashion fubu so i, I kind of like him to begin with shark tank and so it's just a good book that I'm going to start reading. But um, yeah, I think Damon John has always been uh, a good kind of person to pay attention to, especially for people like us, me and you, that like fashion and stuff. He's he's a good one, too. Oh, yeah. Business you know, I, I've got, uh, here's a story, you know, because, you know, you when I was coming up working with Mecca and G-Unit and, you know, you have a chance to work with Jay-Z and 50 Cent and, you know, Mark Echo, all these people, um, and you really, you know, you're you're around them. There, there's something that they all have that, again, it goes back to what right. Nate Burleson said with Lion Blood. You you have to have something in you extra that makes you get to that next level. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I remember being at, at the Magic Trade Show in Vegas and watching Fubu's booth being there. And you know, because when you're there and you're in you're in these brands. You go to the same parties, you know, right. you know, after the parties, after the trade show. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so you're all hanging out with each other, you know, and you all have mutual friends. And 
to get introduced to people. And I was introduced to Jamin or Jamin, to Damon mm-hmm. uh, when FUBU was getting to its height. It was at a party, um, it was a FUBU party. So we had, you know, some of his sales reps introduced me to him. I had a chance to meet him, but I walked by their booth. This was at, as they were growing. And I watch him now on TV, obviously. Yeah. And then you watch him in um, going back to the 90s mm-hmm. or, you know, when Google was starting to really take off the, towards the end of the 90s, uh, early 2000s. Um, man, that dude was, uh, he was a beast. Like you watch him in his booth. I remember in one particular uh, instance, uh, uh, one time he he received samples into the show. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember this vividly. He opened the samples up and I was standing outside the booth. I was watching him. He opened the samples up. He got the samples and he was looking at them and he just went off. He went off on everybody like in the booth. Like, uh-huh. and mind you now they have retailers all wrapped around that are, you know, they're showing there at that time, FUBU was, you know, they were showing state, they were doing stadium seating, showing yeah. their line, mm-hmm. um, you know, to the retailers. And he just started like yelling, like yelling at his partners. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like just yeah. to the point to where I was like, God, dog, this dude is like, you know mm-hmm. crazy like you know yeah. but he was he showed his passion he was pissed because the yeah. sample didn't come out the way that he wanted it to mm-hmm. and watching that but he got his respect though yeah. and but you watch where he came from to where his journey his path and where he's mm-hmm. grown in today and now you see him in his suits and yeah. his, you know but he wasn't that dude like yeah. i mean you remember him back then he's he hip-hop was, man he came yeah from a little dude man. from queens and mm-hmm. you know he was a little he was a pit bull yeah but that mentality got him to where he is right. now and you know so you see that and you you try to take all that you know all those little things in but it's speaking of damon i wanted to tell you that story because it was a good story because you see him now and you're like damn you know that pit bull mentality got him to where he is today you know yeah. and you watch him now and you know he's a whole nother person he's writing books he's doing seminars and you know it's it's good to see somebody you know uh to grow and to, to become extremely successful like mm-hmm. that. All right, man. Well, I really appreciate you being on. Um, we'll kind of wrap things up with you plugging kind of what you got going on, which like you kind of mentioned, I'm going to pull up on the screen, um, uh, Unsalted Coast. Um, so yeah, just kind of plug away kind of um, where they can find it, like what's, you know, kind of what you have with that. Okay. Well, first of all, I want to thank you for having me, Dylan. I really appreciate it. Um, I don't know if this went longer than what we had planned, but you know, it's I all can, good, man. I, That's the great thing about a podcast. You know, it just, you kind of, it, it goes where it goes, but, um, can, uh, you know, it's all I good. can definitely talk. Yeah. I yeah, can yeah. talk. No, Let's put good. it that way. It was all productive. But, uh, yeah. I just, I get, I think overall I wanted you to see like the journey of, you know, the timeline of where I got to where I am today. And, you know, with unsalted coast, um, I have unsalted coast and salted coast and I'm working on it right now. Uh, unsalted coast, um, you know, what's crazy is there's really there's really hardly anybody in um, the Lansing, East Lansing area that's carrying it. It's all if you go to St. Joe, Michigan, all the way up around to Alpena, all through the middle part, all these outfitter retailer stores um, there. A lot of them are carrying it. Saga uh, in Saugatuck, Michigan, we have land sharks. But if you, anybody's ever up north Michigan and you're in Traverse City, we just struck a deal with one of our retailers up there uh 
uh, name of the store is called Robert Frost. It's downtown Traverse City. Um, we're doing a, uh, a in-store concept with them where we got about 600 square feet carved out out of their store that's all unsalted coast. Um, and we have a sign actually going up on the outside of their store. So you're going to see, you know, if you're driving or you're going through that town, you're going to have, there's going to be a store downtown Traverse City uh, this spring. It's already there, but we're, we're doing a lot more marketing for it. You know, we're getting all, you know, the signage, the bags, everything, you know, uh, made for that. So, but, you know, and we're spread out, you know, we're in all throughout uh, Minnesota now, Wisconsin. Uh, we've got stores in Chicago. We've got stores down, you know, uh, marinas that are selling our product in um, Arkansas, Missouri, Alabama, Florida. Um, so there's not really one particular store. You know, if you're in Michigan, go to Traverse City, go to Robert Frost. Um, you're going to see everything in that store. Um, but unsaltedcoast.com, um, you know, we've got a lot of new stuff that we're putting up going into this spring. We're going to start releasing more product on there. So, um, yeah, unsaltedcoast.com, you know, um, you know, if you're in the area and if you're any stores that you guys know of that's out there that you think that we would be a good fit, please go in and say, Hey, you know what? You guys need to get this product in the store. Mm -hmm. I'm shocked that nobody in our hometown has picked up unsalted coast in East Lansing, Lansing area. Nobody. I, you know, it's, it's crazy to me, but well, they might you, know, you got to share this video. Right I mean, share this YouTube. It's going to be YouTube. It's going to have the Man, audio you know, podcast. You know, who share I want, you know who I think would, who would be a great fit for us in our hometown would be playmakers. Okay. I think it'd yeah. be a great fit, mm -hmm. you know? So, yeah. So, but, um, Anybody else who's watching it outside of this area, you know, definitely go into your stores asking for it and have them reach out to us. Um, you know, and how do um, they reach out? Um, is it yeah. like how do retailers well, you, reach out? Uh, you can. I, I'm just gonna drop my email address. Um, okay. You know, I, you know, my national sales manager. Um, you know, obviously he's out there. He's selling mm -hmm. uh, for us. But uh, anybody who's watching this podcast. Um, if you need to, any questions, anything I can help out with or um, um, any advice, you can reach me at Robert M uh, at unsaltedcoast.com. All right. Uh, Robert M, you know, from Montalvo. So Robert M at unsaltedcoast.com. And I'll put everything uh, in the bio too. So I'll put your email. I'll put links to um, the website and everything too. So, um, you know, people can link to you and, and check it out. Um, but again, man, I really appreciate you being on um again and, and i know we got some stuff kind of hopefully working on this year also so i think yeah uh you know it's cool like you said to be able to kind of uh start partnerships or start working actually with your mentors or um you know somebody that you've kind of looked up to or kind of gotten a lot of inspiration from so it's cool for me to kind of come full circle after like you said I'm, i met you like 12 years ago and now we're kind of you know to a point where it's like we we have a potential to kind of partner up. So it's kind of, kind of cool. Absolutely. You know, I told you, you know, I wanted to reach out to you because you remind me a lot of myself mm -hmm. when I was, you know, um, getting into the industry, Yeah. you know, and, um, you know, so yeah, you know, of course I wanted to, you know, see if there's a way that, you know, yeah. I can bring into this thing mm -hmm. and, you know, so you can learn more. So, th you know, this might be your five steps back. Dylan, right. To exactly. <laughs> move yes. 10 steps forward. 
But, so, man, I, I look forward to 2021. I know everybody does. I think yeah. 2020 was what it was. Uh, it was ups, it was downs, it was learning. So, I mean, uh, you know, I wish you uh, obviously the best in 2021. Everybody check out Unsalted Coast for sure, um, especially when you get Salted Coast, um, the website up and stuff like that, uh, the IG. Oh, yeah, is the IG for, you got socials for Unsalted Coast too? Is it just? Yeah, 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 yeah. it's just Unsalted Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with our Facebook page, Unsalted Coast. So, cool, but man. yeah, it's, uh, you know, we're still, it was still grinding. You know what I mean? It's yeah. still, but it, it's, it's definitely paying off. Like I said, 17 States now we're in 17 States. So it's good. And you seem happy, so, man. So I think that's the, to me, I've always I, said success. I'm excited about it, man. Success I really happiness, because, man. Well, because it's, you know, the, with everything going on in 2020, um, you know, uh, you know, we lost some people along the way, you mm-hmm. know, in our family and, um, it's just, I don't know. You, you're looking forward to something. So there was good things that happened with unsalted coast during a, you know, we had a pandemic and it was right. just, a, it's just, crap, you know, it's not a very good year, mm-hmm. but there was a lot of growth for us that, that happened for unsalted coast. So, you know, I'm, I can't wait. I'm looking forward yeah. to 2021, man. And uh, there's going to be some, some good things, you know, so we want to get you involved some way with this stuff. So exactly, we'll, uh, we got that coming up yeah we'll figure it out man but i appreciate it again thank you um from one uh hustlepreneur to another um again i appreciate you being on thank you thanks a lot dylan i appreciate it no man. problem all right all right so that was a great episode um i know it went longer than uh any other of the podcast so far but i think it's great for him to be able to tell his journey and kind of where he's came from Anybody that's into fashion or clothing or has pursued that before, uh, it's a tough industry uh, to get involved in. Um, Obviously, um, T-shirts, shirts, all that type of stuff. I mean, uh, it's hard because you have to build a brand around it and build kind of like that um, that want and desire for it. So um, it's a tough process and uh, he's learned a lot over his journey and hopefully you learned a lot um, from watching the podcast or listening to his story. I really appreciate having him on, like I said. Um, I appreciate you guys for listening. So if you made it this far, please like and subscribe to the video. Um, It definitely means a lot to me uh, when you're able to do that. Uh, Just simply liking uh, the video is great also. It helps uh, get that out there to people and show YouTube that people are enjoying it. So I appreciate you guys uh, for tuning in. Uh, This will be, um, this obviously was episode seven. Uh, We'll have episode eight next week. This is gonna be every week process, guys, you know, so please, if if there's somebody that you want on, if you say, you know, you wanna be into real estate and you want somebody uh, on the podcast um, that's a realtor, or if there's anything that you wanna know about or have somebody on, name drop them, put them in the comments or put like an industry or a hustle that you wanna know more about. So I can really get some the, some people on here that uh, you know that you guys want to see. So yeah, let me know again. Uh, like and subscribe, and uh, appreciate you guys, man. Thank you. Take it easy.